Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 388 for Tuesday, the 24th of February, 2015. So great to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Kelsey Jensen. Tonight, we are going to be debuting Sasha Dermatis' new show, Try It, Buy It. We're going to be checking out with her a really cool device that puts 80 Sega Genesis games in your pocket. Wow. So stick around that, that, and check that out. That's awesome. Retro gaming fan? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So stick around. Uh, Speaking of Sasha Dermatis, hey, Sasha. (laughs) Hello. Wondering what's in the newsroom? Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Fed up of endless traffic jams and overcrowded trains? How about commuting to work on your own jetpack? Lenovo was offering customers a tool to help them remove pre-installed software that experts warned was a security risk. Google is facing a possible Android probe after Yandex complained about the way Google sets itself as the default search engine on Android devices. A new study has found that Facebook is the biggest drain on smartphone performance. Barbie is having a digital makeover with the release of an internet-connected version of the iconic doll. And a developer edition of Sony's augmented reality smart glasses will go on sale in 10 countries next month. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Kid and your host, Robbie Ferguson. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 388. Tonight is a very special night because we are hosting a Google Plus Hangout immediately following the show. So we've got some wonderful, familiar faces who are joining us tonight, including Carrie Webb. Hello, so good to be back in this amazing studio and with such a great team. So thank you. It's so nice to see you. Carrie showed up and said, I'd love to be able to chat with those who are in the chat room. So it's an iPhone. I installed IRC 999. We're going host name IRC.freenode.net. And so listen, if you've got an iPhone, you can can set up the same thing. Uh, Username, nickname. We're going to go with Carrie Webb. So you're going to show up in the... In the chat room is Carrie Webb. That should do it. Done. IRC.freenode.net is the chat server that we use. There we go. Error occurred. No. Please check the username. Ah, we got to set up a username for you too, Karen. Okay. Glad you can make it happen. I'm going to make this happen for you. Thank and you. those who are in the... We're doing it on air. Yeah. Could you... Uh, for those who cannot join us for the Hangout tonight and won't be able to uh, to catch up with you, 
Uh, we are going to have an interactive time where you can chat with Carrie. But can you tell us what you've been up to uh, the past little while and how things have been? Sure. Um, just I'm still working, still um, doing nursing, which I'm really enjoying. And um, what else? Nothing too exciting. Still hanging out uh, in this area. Started trying yeah. to play guitar a little bit more. Oh, yeah? Ooh. That's, That's cool. about it. <laughs> Playing some volleyball. Very cool. Enjoying my one-year-old nephew. Cool. So, yeah, life has been good. Nothing too crazy, which I think is a good thing. And, of course, Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. We are almost into the chat room with Carrie Webb. And I'm excited. I've got, I've got you connected. Okay. Um, and then what I have to do is I have to create a message, basically, that says... Can, can you do one. it? It says join, slash join, pound, category five. Send. Okay. Hey, it's there. And you're in. I'm in. I saw it. Oh, I I'm so up. excited. Welcome to the chat room. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward hi, to chatting everybody. with you all. Thanks. And stick around. Right. Uh, thanks, Carrie. Thank you. It's good to see you. Uh, stick around after the show. We do have our Google Plus Hangout. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, feel free. Just run across. Motion blur. Soon. <laughs> um, we've got uh, a lot of familiar faces that are going to be here. We're going to have a lot of fun. And actually, Sasha is going to take you on a tour de la studio. Woo! It's French for this studio. For the studio yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Well, we should jump right into viewer questions because yes. we have a lot to cover tonight. And uh, we're very excited to be launching Try It, Buy It. Isn't yes. that right? Sash is very happy. Uh, so our first question comes from PM. He says, Happy New Year. I'm writing to let you know that I was surprised to receive in the mail a Category 5 sticker on a day, which is that one right there. Woohoo! Uh, he's been watching the show, but he's not logged in in a while. And he logged in to see if his password still worked and if it was a gift thank you. I just didn't want it to be a mistake like someone else was supposed to receive it. Oh, that's sweet. You know what? We, uh, we tend to give these away once in a while, and we're giving away some tonight. Yeah! So if you happen to be logged into the chat room, you just might win some. So yes. that's all it takes. So you must have been in the chat room some happy day. Yep, and, and uh, won the thing. You won. Congratulations. So glad you received that okay. Our next question comes from... Morufuo Joe. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> don't think so at all. Well, his name is Murphy, actually. And he's from London. And he needs your our help to set up a live broadcast. Himself and some colleagues want to start live broadcasting our activities, but don't know how to go about it. They have, a, they have two Canon DSLRs that they want to use, a T4i and a 4, 450D. He'll be very happy if you can tell us what to do and what sort of hardware or software you need. Hmm. Okay. First of all, it boils down to the capture device. How are you going to get it into the computer? Mm -hmm. 
that's step one. So uh, T2i and the other camera, uh, both Canon DSLRs, the 450D, nice cameras. They're, they're going to give you some good picture. Not sure if the T4i, if you need to use Magic Lantern in order to get uh, clean HDMI output, you, you may have to. I'm not sure if it has clean HDMI. What's Magic Lan- Lantern? It's a hacked firmware for the Canon uh, Canon cameras. Okay. So it gives you the additional features on the the lower priced cameras uh, compared to the you know the high end mm-hmm. Canon cameras that um, come with more features because you pay more. Right. So um, either way, the way that you can find out is plug it into the HDMI input on a TV and do some shooting just live in live view mode and see how it looks see if there's any kind of stuff on the screen you'll see that we're shooting with a nikon d5100 tonight and there's nothing on the screen and that's because we've hacked the firmware we use the nikon hacker firmware and we're able to get rid of all the stuff that's on the screen Mm -hmm. (coughs) pardon me so that's pretty cool because you can use a dslr to get the quality of say a two thousand three thousand dollar video camera but for much less so it's very very good so backing up a little bit the first thing that you need to look at is your capture how you're going to get it into the computer Um, you want something probably that's going to be internal so and the reason I say that is you're using two cameras you're going to be using probably 720p or possibly 1080p output from those cameras so it's going to be fairly resource intensive if you were to go with something like USB uh, Thunderbolt or something like that um, so I tend to lean more toward a PCI Express card so that um, the resources that are being used are, are your card as opposed to your CPU. Because if I were to use a, a USB capture device, it's going to be using my CPU because it's USB. That's mm-hmm. the way USB, it's just the way USB works. So it's going to run up my CPU for every camera that I add that way. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to basically eventually push you over the top of... CPU usage. So I like the Magewell cards. I have used uh, Avermedia. I've got an Avermedia Gamer uh, 1080p card. I've got uh, several Blackmagic Intensity Pro cards, uh, Decklink, and um, we recently made the switch to Magewell because I was not 100% happy with the Blackmagic Intensity Pros. Mm -hmm. Um, They're decent cards, but they're very limited as far as the configurability for live streaming and if you want to know what I mean by that go to Linux Tech Show on uh, on um, YouTube so youtube.com slash Linux Tech Show and look at the two videos um, uh, DSLR uh, video for uh, DSLR for Wirecast I believe will get you there um, and the Magewell cards are turning out better picture um, between the two, uh, Blackmagic and Magewell. Magewell also gives you the opportunity to change the dimensions uh, in a more uh, sane way. So if your image is a little bit stretched, which is the case off the D5100, because mm-hmm. it's not a perfect 16 over 9 crop factor, right. so it gets a little bit stretched if I were to pull it into a Blackmagic Intensity Pro. So I actually put on 20 pounds, <laughs> and I'm not too keen on that. So... Uh, with the Magewell card, I'm able to actually pull in the sides a little bit, slim down the video, uh, and and even maybe pull off a couple pounds. <laughs> Who knows, right? So I guess just don't hold up anything square because they might notice that it's a little yes. bit, it's a little bit rectangular. Not really that square <laughs> at all. 
So look at the Magewell cards, magewell.com. It's just like it sounds, M-A-G-E-W-E-L-L.com. Check them out for capture. As far as software goes, we use Telestream Wirecast. It looks like this, and we are live right now, so what you see is exactly what you get. So these are the shots that we have. I wonder how many, like, inside the things, like, if you can see, like, all, like, the different Wirecasts inside the Wirecast inside the Wirecast. Whoa, (laughs) trippy. Like, how long would it go on for? I know. Yeah. I guess if you kind of zoomed in there. Yeah. But it's, yeah. <laughs> Telestream Wirecast, as you can see, is, is allowing us to switch camera sources in real time. We've got live thumbnails and everything like that. It's an HD uh, video um, streamer as well as record to disk. And it records to disk using MJPEG in MOV format. So it's very, very low uh, overhead to mm-hmm. write the files. The files are huge. Um, a one-hour episode of Category 5 TV uh, costs us about 25 gigs to 35 gigs mm-hmm. of hard drive space. Um, and then, but then, once you're done, then you can render it down to a smaller file. Right. Not to say that Wirecast can't do live rendering down to, say, WMV or smaller file formats. But fact is, is that that, again, is CPU-heavy. Uh, CPU Right. Because it has to happen in real time. Mm-hmm. So what we do instead is we off, offload that to post-production. Mm-hmm. So we record to disk in very high-quality video. And it's equivalent to basically, it's like raw video uh, coming off of a camera. So you end up with a really, really high-quality file that you can work with very well. It works very, very quickly in the, in the video editors. And then you can render it down to something much more sane. We usually target about 2.5 to 3 gigs for our final file. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But we can get a better quality file. Here's what's interesting about it. If I were to render out from Wirecast in real time and aim for a 2.5 to 3 gig master file, I would have to adjust the quality settings in order to make sure that my CPU doesn't go over the threshold that's safe for live broadcasting, right. which is about 60 to 70%. Um, so... Because I'm recording to disk in a way that it's using less CPU but it's higher quality, I can then render out after the fact, render down to a 2.5 or 3 gig file in full quality. Mm-hmm. So I'm not limited by the fact that I also have to do camera switching. I also have to do – so I'm not compromising the quality of the final file. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of an interesting tactic, but it reduces our CPU, increases our video quality. That's, How interesting that's useful. Is that? But straight SSDs, that's the other thing. Uh, just to f- kind of finally answer and, and finish your, your question. Um, so that's the hardware to capture, the hardware, t- uh, the software to capture. And then you've got to look at the, the throughput of your, your data storage. So we have two uh, 500 meg, megabyte uh, per second drives, uh, SSDs. One of them is for read, one of them is for write. And what I mean by that is all of our assets are on one drive. And all of our record to disk is on the other. Mm -hmm. So no one drive is ever doing all the work. And they are 500 uh, megabyte, pardon me, or higher uh, write speed and Mm -hmm. read speed. So I think they're like 540. Um, I just saw in this Mm -hmm. thing, uh, what is OBS? Someone, I guess they were talking about in the chat or you might have been talking about it, but what is OBS? Um, What's the long form of that? Not familiar with the short form. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, Carrie bringing in some... 
I did a lot of testing when I started working um, on on broadcasting, obviously, and I tried you know everything from Vid Blaster to whatever is available. OBS Project. OBS Project. Open Broadcaster Software. Oh, neat. I'm just taking a look at this too. Yeah. So this is not something that I can stand by because I've never I've never used it. Coming soon, coming soon. Well, that's no good. That's unfortunate. That's. <laughs> I said I said oh neat because the first thing I noticed was that it has Linux and oh coming soon. That's no good. Uh, Windows seven or eight. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that just leaves me going. Meh. Meh. <laughs> Once they've got Linux support, that's when I'll notice because there's really nothing for Linux that, that does uh, broadcast switching. Oh, and it says it's free. Is it now? Is it? It says at the bottom, free. Interesting. I'd like to see some screenshots or something so that I know what it is that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. But I don't see anything like that. Yeah. Screenshots? If anybody Nothing. has any, show me. Right. <clears throat> but not not to digress. Um, there are uh, many different products that you can use to uh, to do broadcasting. Uh, in my experience, Wirecast is the most robust for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, I've looked at everything software-wise that was available at the time that we started using Wirecast. Everything from ManyCam to VidBlaster to Wirecast and anything in between. I looked at some Linux solutions that were available at the time. And they just weren't up to. They just the problem is is that sometimes the hardware just is not uh, as good as some other things. The or driver support is not as good on right. Linux for some of the broadcast level stuff, and that's a a failing, I guess, of the the manufacturers. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Magewell, and I, I actually had a chat with um, with Magewell, and and they're bringing out a, a new driver that's going to be compatible with Linux. So that's exciting okay. to me because what that means is that you're going to have their quality of video capture on Linux. Mm-hmm. So a video for Linux device, that's pretty cool. But then there's not the software yet to, to allow really good quality switching. Right. And I, I hate to admit that because I'm a Linux guy. But nothing as you would like it yet. Yeah. Like when, when it comes to things like Photoshop, well, GIMP is really robust mm-hmm. if you're not doing CMYK. Yeah. But somebody who's doing CMYK would say GIMP is not good enough. Right. But for me, doing RGB, uh, it has everything that I need. So it's a really easy switch for me to switch over to GIMP and be Which is a entirely free on Linux. It's free image editing on Linux, but it's RGB exclusively. Mm-hmm. So. If you're doing graphics for print, you're probably working in CMYK, so you've got to use Photoshop. So similarly, for what we do, we need a, a professional solution for broadcasting, and Wirecast is, is the cat's pajamas, as they say. <laughs> so um, it has everything. They've got an excellent support community. And as you can see, I mean, the interface is so easy to use. We're going to look at a little bit of... Uh, I believe we're going to look at some chroma key if we have time tonight, but definitely we're going to show you some more about how this works uh, during our, our hangout tonight as well. All right. Sounds like a plan. Thank you very we're much for a the lot question. Of, we're getting a lot of live streaming setup questions tonight. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> this is the second it happens. one. Did I mention that I'm starting a new show called The Show Show? So Are you, you really? Want, you want to subscribe to our channel on, on Roku. 
because that's going to be coming. Uh, we're basically we're rolling out uh, Try It By It tonight, and then the show show is our next broadcast that's the going to be coming show show. So, and it is all about broadcasting. Okay. Yes. So, well, those two people can both look at that. The next one comes from... I am going to mispronounce this <laughs> name, so I am sorry in advance. You, Ruari Cahill. I'm very sorry if I mispronounce that name. Do they have an alien? Do they sign as an alias or anything that makes it easy? Funk, for Funk Sold Media. Funk Sold Media. But they don't. They, no, they don't. No. Right. Um, his company is setting up a live stream of a club DJ event tomorrow evening. He wants to know if Magic Lantern, Lantern is an essential ingredient for the lime, live stream capture. Oh, not necessarily. It depends on your camera. Uh, using I, a GoPro and seven and Canon 7D. Well, it would be for the 7D. GoPro is not a Canon product, so the Magic Lantern is not applicable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on that 7D, I don't know because that's a decent camera. Uh, plug it again. Plug it into your TV and see if you get clean uh, HDMI output. Now, Magic Lantern is going to give you additional bonus features, but when you're shooting live, really it's, it boils down to that clean, full HD uh, video output. So plug it into a TV, see what you get, and if it's got a bunch of stuff on the screen that you can't get off of the screen, then Magic Lantern will help you to um, hide icons yeah. and, and get true full-screen video. And so they were saying that the GoPro connects to Wirecast just fine. Nice. But when they connect, I mean, the, when they add the 7D into the mix, there's no visuals, like, at all. I'm assuming you mean just from the 7D, right? Like, it's yeah, not, it's just... Like, when you turn yeah. on your camera, it doesn't kill the system, right? Um, mm. The one thing, when I mention that, be mindful, and we saw this before the show, Adam will attest to it, um, if you turn on a, an HDMI camera while the computer's on, HDMI is not hot swappable, so you can actually blue screen a Windows computer. Yeah. So when I walked happens. over, I had to turn on Sasha's camera, and over here, broadcast server blue screened because it's an HDMI camera, right? So, so <laughs> Which is that's a problem. Frightening. Yeah. You don't cases. ever do that during a live broadcast. That's for oh, sure. Oh yeah, that that'd be horrible. It's also why our DSLR has an a- AV ca- uh, AC cable. Um, so, yeah, this says this, the seventy is currently on standard settings what, without Magic Lantern. What is the capture card? I guess is the question yeah. that I would ask. It, it, whatever capture card you're using, um, the Aver Media card does a nice thing where it it will tell you if there's just no signal versus a black screen. A black Magic card, they are so picky. This is one of the reasons I didn't like the Black Magic cards is that um, if your camera is outputting any resolution that is not specifically hard coded into the Black Magic cards firmware, <laughs> it simply will give you no video, none. I wonder if it that's won't stretch what it. I wonder if that's what they're using. That's that's why I wish I knew right mm. from your email. Um, <laughs> so t- to give you a comparison, I mentioned my, my D5100 kind of stretches the image a little bit because it's not a 16 over 9 uh, crop that's being output on HDMI. So in the Blackmagic Intensity Pro, it's a black screen. In a Magewell card, it doesn't give me a black screen. It just gives me a stretched screen. It gives me what it really is. Mm-hmm. So then I can shrink it back down to the proper dimensions. That's the way I like it. That's the way it should work. Right? <laughs> so if you're using a Blackmagic card and you're seeing a black screen, then it's possible, one, 
either your resolution coming off the camera is incompatible with the Blackmagic uh, card, whatever mm-hmm. your, or whatever capture card, not just to point at Blackmagic, other c- capture devices do this too. Um, if that's the case, go through your menu on your camera and see if there are a variety of different HDMI output modes. So you may be set to, say, 1080p at 60 frames per second, 60p, or 60i. And so then you need to actually go to your drivers on that card and set it to set the input to the same resolution, the same frame rate. Yeah. Right. So you have to know that. Um, And if your card isn't compatible with that, then you maybe be able to crank it down to 1080p 30i or something Mm -hmm. like that or 30p. So. Good luck. I hope that my rambling on kind of. Helps, helps one or two people. <laughs> Thank you for the questions. Uh, we uh, need to take a break for the news. Do we still have some more questions? To we have uh, a couple left. Okay, very good. So we'll uh, address those after the the news. But also uh, note for you that tonight we are debuting Sasha Dermatis's brand new show. Try it, buy it. So you want to stick around? Mm-hmm. That's going to be happening this evening. Also, uh, we are going to be doing a Google Plus live hangout here at Studio D. First one we've ever done in the studio here. Very exciting. And uh, so make sure you get onto our Google Plus page and uh, and RSVP to that and make sure you're ready to to join us. And if you're not sure how to do that, get into the chat room uh, during or after the show and we'll help you get in there. We're also going to be Google Plus on air. So if you don't have a Google Plus account, you can still watch the hangout. Uh, you won't be able to do that through our site. That happens directly on our YouTube. Uh, so you'll, you'll need to get the links specifically from our Twitter account or from our chat room uh, or from any one of our social media yeah. profiles. The, they've been posted there and they'll continue to be posted there throughout the evening. So, All right. Off to you, Sasha Dermatis. It's Tuesday, February 24th, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. Will technology help us escape the commute? Some Lenovo computers came with a mean little piece of spyware already installed. Search engine Yandex is bringing Google's competition practices to the authorities in Russia. A new study has found that Facebook is the biggest drain on smartphone performance. The latest Barbie doll will have an embedded microphone and speaker and require a Wi-Fi connection to communicate with your kids. And forgetting all that was learned from Google Glass, Sony is taking on smart eyeglasses. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Green screen, green screen kits are now on sale at cat5.tv slash green. You can save as much as 56% off the regular price. Get all that you need to build your very own green screen studio, just like Sasha Dermatis' newsroom, and start doing special effects for videos or still photography. You can get all the gear at cat5.tv slash green. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the category5.tv newsroom. Fed up of endless traffic jams and overcrowded trains? Then how about commuting to work in your own jetpack? New Zealand firm Martin Aircraft Company is building a one-person jetpack scheduled to go on sale in 2016, and it actually seems to work. What? Although, <laughs> yes. Although it is incredibly massive. <laughs> 
that bad. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically a car strapped it's, to your back. It's a bit you. hippie. I wonder how bit. heavy that would be. <laughs> <laughs> it, Although, uh, 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 it's, it's weightless. Uh, ah. That was really bad. <laughs> Although currently slated for use by emergency services, it is only a small leap to imagine it in the hands of commuters. In five to ten years, we wouldn't be surprised to see jetpacks flying around on a daily basis, according to Chief Executive Peter Cocker. In some countries, even being used instead of transport. Which is fine as long as they had some sort of regulations. But can you imagine road rage in the sky? <laughs> I, five. I gotta say, I would definitely be surprised. <laughs> That's nuts. Jeez. I want five. Yeah. And obviously not in Canada, because I'll tell you, I'm happy to be inside my car. Yes. When it's minus 20 degrees. In the winter. So, yes, uh, the jetpack. In the, the summer. In the summer, instead of a scooter. Yeah. yeah. It's hmm. an interesting. I don't know. It, it'll take over maybe the squirrel suits. The segue <laughs> of the future. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. All right. Chinese computer maker Lenovo was offering customers a tool to help them remove pre-installed software that experts warned was a security risk. The Superfish adware program, which, as branded, which was branded as offering shopping tips, was shipped on some of the company's notebook devices. Lenovo said on Thursday it had disabled it because of customer complaints. But later, a statement said the company was also aware of the security risks about the software, and the company was focused on fixing it. Superfish was designed to help users find products by visually analyzing images on the web to find the cheapest ones. Users had initially complained about intrusive pop-up ads appearing on their browsers. Computer experts later warned that the software was potentially compromising their security. Superfish appears to work by substituting its own security key for the encryption certificates used by many websites. This would allow it or anyone who hacked Superfish to collect data over secure web connections. The company said, we apologize for causing these concerns among our users. We are learning from this experience and will use it to improve what we do and how we do it in the future. Lenovo said it had acted swiftly and decisively and that users could download a patch to remove Superfish. So, uh, Robbie, I don't understand actually what that means. Like, what wow. What security? I feel like that's wrong, okay. the web security certificate thing. Explain. Well, first of all, they <laughs> acted swiftly in order to remove the malware that they pre-installed on the, on the systems. Now, what? what did they install? Swiftly okay. after they were caught. I'll tell you no, what I think. Swiftly after they were caught. Oh, after they were caught. Yeah. What yeah. are they? The NSA? Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. This is not servers. This is not Lenovo servers. This is not Lenovo business-grade systems. These are the Lenovo consumer-grade systems. These are the oh, ones okay. that you go into the super centers and you get a, a laptop for 300 bucks, mm -hmm. and you think you're getting a good deal. Well, nothing's free, right? Yeah. So what do they do? They're, they're in cahoots with a company that you can put your software on these laptops and and maybe you know there's some cash involved and uh it helps it offset expenses that's kind of a sick business practice if you, uh, you, yeah. i mean what can you do right so you've got a laptop you've bought a laptop it's got malware pre-installed that is intercepting your internet traffic 
that's all fine and good if it was doing some you know some kind of good it's it's mm. supposedly targeting you toward products that you're interested in but it's doing it in a way that it's directing you to what they want to direct you to but here's the 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 problem and Sasha you mentioned it in your question what is this whole security the SSL interception and that's the fact that they're not just intercepting open traffic. So, you know, if I send a text file over an unsecure connection, mm-hmm. it's not just that. They're also intercepting secure connection data. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's so frightening. So they, when you they log can... into your online banking and you think you're yeah. secure, Ooh. they can read that. They can get your username and password from that transaction. So they're actually intercepting what you think is a secure connection and then sharing that data with shopping who? companies, according to Superfish and Lenovo. So Lenovo acted swiftly and removed it or gave like the a, option to remove it. I feel like there's a great Taylor it. Swift pun in there somewhere. <laughs> there always is a really great Taylor Swift pun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so does, that, does that shed some that, light on that, like, so, that, it's incredibly scary. I, I'm a little... Like, I'm probably a little bit um, – this kind of business practice drives me nuts. So I'm a little offended that this even happened on behalf of the users who innocently are running one of these computers and are having their traffic intercepted like yeah, that. Yeah, because they just wanted a cheap laptop so they yeah. can you know, mm-hmm. do work or – social media or whatever else they do on their laptop and or even like online banking or anything because like a lot of companies are now going paperless so they have to do everything online so if you don't have like so you're looking at a cheap computer so you can do this all this paperless stuff that you're the company (laughs) wants you to do and then all of a sudden it's yeah totally 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 safe Sasha, I don't know if it's being if it was being exploited in the wild. If anyone was actually taking advantage of the potential vulnerability here, mm-hmm. it's just the fact that it Lenovo pre-installed this, and it could have happened to their users. Scary, but they're on it now. <laughs> Google faces the prospect of a fresh competition investigation after Russia's biggest search engine filed a complaint with the authorities. Yandex alleges that its rival has an unfair advantage because it insists device makers set Google as the default search engine or default search setting if they want to pre-install its Play Store. Google Play is promoted as the safest and best stock marketplace for apps and other media Android devices. Google has yet to respond. The U.S. company has yet to see the complaint filed with the Russian Federal Anti-Monopoly Service, or FAS. However, Google may try to defend itself by noting that manufacturers are free to install rival services if they choose not to preload its other software. It is also likely to argue that customers can carry out searches via other software, including Yandex's search app, after buying an Android handset or tablet. So there you go. Yandex in Russia is trying to chip away at the old hmm. Google block. So we'll see. I, the Russian authorities, I wonder what they'll do with Google. It seems, it seems to be never-ending, these, mm-hmm. these kinds of controversies. But, and I'm, not, I'm, a little, I'm thinking about it in terms of analogy and thinking, okay, if a car manufacturer, you know, if I bought a Mazda car mm-hmm. and 
I, as a consumer, received that car and it had a Mazda stereo system, I could always take that out and replace it. Just like yeah. I could change to Bing. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one. I know. I know. I'll be here all night. Um, but I could make that selection. But what is, what's different here is that uh, you know the manufacturer is being told that they can't install anything other than a Mazda stereo. Or something like that. It's a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. So, like, you're saying that... I think I understand Google's perspective, yeah, for sure. They you want to use our stuff? You're going to use our stuff. Well, your option is you can use the stuff that seems to be the most widely stocked and most available, right? The Google Play Store yes. has... You, yeah. Or you can choose Yandex. Whatever. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. But everybody's going to pick yeah, Google, Google Play. Because yeah. everyone um, likes Google. It's true. People don't so, like Bing. <laughs> people don't like Bing. People like Google. <laughs> how did this? How did this entire conversation happen? Oh my! All right, on to Facebook. It seems yeah. the more socially connected you are, the more likely your smartphone's battery is running almost on empty, and not because those consumers are always updating their status, sharing images, or waiting for the latest viral video. Different apps put a strain on a smartphone as in, on smartphones in different ways, and according to online security company AVG Technologies, social media apps have the biggest impact, followed by games and shopping apps. That's the only three categories of apps I think. That yeah, there what are. else is yeah. there? There's uh, games, shopping. What was the other one? Social media. Social, social media. media and Angry Birds. <laughs> That's, That's no Angry Birds is games. literally in satire. It, it has its own category, Sasha. Yeah. Wow, gosh. AVG's data comes via its own app, currently installed on over one million Android devices. It measures how installed apps dent smartphone performance, and results are collected and presented every quarter. At the top of the list is Facebook, which, thanks to the app always being running in the background, monitoring activity on the network, and sending notifications, has the biggest overall drain. Yuval Ben-Inzak, Chief Technology Officer at AVG Technologies, said what surprised them was that some of these tools and security updates aimed at improving your phone experience were, in fact, impacting it quite heavily. The hope of the study is that people will better understand the resource usage on their device, helping them manage which apps are allowed to run. So if you want to know which apps are best for your phone, download their app <laughs> seems to be probably available in the Google Play Store. <clears throat> I, I I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Like I'll have like if I'm like like some days, like I've got the HTC One Mate. And it's got wonderful battery life. I love it so much. But it, I notice that if I'm on it for an extended period of time, especially on Facebook or other social media, it's like. My battery goes from like fifty to, or like seventy to seventy to thirty, or seventy to fifty, like just like that. That it was like gone. Like. I think it would be wise to uh, maybe there is a setting I haven't ever looked for it, but is there a way to just set it to only yeah. run when I click on it? Well, I th- yes, that would do, be yeah, ideal. yes. The yeah. way you would do it is you turn off your push notifications. So I've done okay. that with all of my applications, another, and I use Password Box. Another way so. I've done it um, <laughs> is I actually go into my data settings, uh, and I. And I go into each individual thing, and I select uh, get rid of the background data, so that when it's oh. not running, oh, it's not smart. actually okay, breaking in, in or out data. Yeah, 
I, I discovered that because my my data was going over every month, but it was all it was all it was all, background <laughs> it was all, data. all your friends just it was all background data. I got ding, so ding, mad. Ding. So if, a lot of it is it only it only works like the background data when I'm on Wi-Fi, which is a, I think a little bit better than just regular data. Oh, okay. But, but I'd still be ran, st- running your battery life. Still be running my battery life, but not as badly as it was before. And um, yeah, I've noticed a difference. Cause like last, even last month, I was like over my da- data. Noticed, <laughs> dad I was over my data before like the fifteenth of January. I was like, <sighs> <laughs> so mad. Oh. Um, this is important news. This is breaking news. Barbie is having a digital makeover with the release of an internet-connected version of the iconic doll. Toymaker Mattel is partnering with U.S. startup Toy Talk to develop Hello Barbie, which will have two-way conversations with children. The Barbie will use a speech recognition platform developed by Toy Talk. A prototype of the doll was at the New York Toy Fair on the 14th of February, where many up-and-coming smart toys were on display. The Hello Barbie will be able to play interactive games and tell stories and jokes. It will also listen to the child's conversation and adapt over time. So, for instance, if a child mentions that they like to dance, the doll may refer to this in a future chat. The doll requires a Wi-Fi connection and can provide an hour's worth of playtime when fully charged. Questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, Robbie? Okay, did anyone else watch Person of Interest this past weekend? <laughs> no. Okay, did you watch Person of Interest this past weekend? It's, it's surprisingly relevant because um, what they had was uh, an app that it was kind of like Siri kind of thing yeah. where you just ask it a question, but it went to some server somewhere and some real person was entering the questions Ooh. and providing well, answers. And then their system would eventually, you know, intelligently create those answers. This links to a couple of other recent news stories. Um, the, the Samsung smart TV was talking about how it would yeah. hear what you were saying when you were pressing the microphone button and it goes to a third party uh, company when they can't quite understand your audio, they right. translate it and then they communicate back. So is Barbie Something listening all the time? similar would be probably happening with Barbie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She might not be listening all the time, but definitely there's got to be a third party company that's mm-hmm. deciphering what this child says, especially child talk, which is kind of garbled. Right? Yeah. Well, I don't like to I don't like to create conspiracy theories, but can I give you mine? Yeah. I have kids. Yeah. I have a four-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a nine-year-old. And I know my four-year-old, he's a boy. He's probably not going to rush out and buy a Hello Barbie. But um, Your daughter might. My daughter is nine, and she's maybe beyond the age. But if if you had a a young daughter who had this Barbie, just thinking of the the way that my boy plays with toys and stuff, he's going to leave it on all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's going to be on all the time. The kid, if there is a button that has to be pushed in order to feed back the audio, he's going to be holding it in 24-7 yeah. <laughs> or she or whatever. You, you know, though, what I just thought of, what's probably going to end up happening, and it's not quite so scary as far as security risks now that I'm yeah. thinking about it. It's probably just going to turn into a big commercial where Barbie's just going to tell these kids, you like to dance? Well, buy my friend toy. Right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Well, and there's Tell a scary thing, and, and I, I brought up Person of Interest, and you know, not to plug awesome, amazing shows or anything, <laughs> but 
the fear that they had proposed is that okay, well, what happens when somebody gets in there and somebody in this particular case it was um, can where can I get help a suicide prevention line and they drove them to the opposite of that something that would drive them to depression and so right. and it was targeted to try to force them over the edge mm-hmm. well if a kid was talking into this barbie and communicating with it i don't know who, who's on the other end exactly who's controlling the responses super fish and <laughs> i hope not <laughs> Interesting. Well, maybe Barbie will buy a new pair of smart glasses. A developer edition of Sony's augmented reality smart glasses will go on sale in 10 countries next month. Pre-orders for the smart eyeglass costing $840 or 620 pounds are now being taken in the UK and Germany with Japan and the US to follow shortly. The black framed glasses are compatible with recent Android power smartphones. Sony's initial model will come with a software development kit to encourage people to design apps for it. The glasses contain an accelerometer, gyroscope, compass, image and brightness sensors, three megapixel camera, and a microphone. They come with a controller designed to be attached to clothing, which contains a speaker, touch sensor, and the device's battery. Text is displayed in the front of the wearer in monochrome green. So let's see if that's any better than uh, Google Glass. We'll see. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the Category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category5 Technology TV. You'll find our website at www.category5.tv. Our social media profiles are down there as well. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Kelsey. And tonight, we debut the pilot episode of Try It By It, Sasha Dermatis' brand new show. Yay. You want to stick around after Try It By It, we are going to be hosting a Google Plus Hangout right here at the studio. And so we're going to take you on a live tour. We're going to be able to interact with you if you've got a Google Plus Hangout account. You can join us by your webcam uh, with your microphone, and you can communicate back and forth with the on-air crew and also behind the scenes crew as well. So you want to stick around and uh, we'll see you right after this. Yay. Depending on where you're located in this big old world of ours, you may remember it as either the Sega Mega Drive or the Sega Genesis. And now, more than a quarter of a century after its original release in Japan, it's more convenient than ever to take these classic Sega games with you. My review is coming right up, so stick around. Try it. Buy it. it, buy it. We try stuff to help you decide if it's worth buying. With her review, here's your host, Sasha Dermatis. At any time during this video, visit cat5.tv sega to buy the product I'm about to review. The Sega Genesis Ultimate Portable Game Player is a stylish handheld video game player that comes preloaded with 80 games, including some of your favorite Sega Genesis games, such as Sonic the Hedgehog and Virtua Fighter 2. With a stunning and bright 2.8-inch display, this portable gamer is a great little handheld, but that said, you can also plug it directly into a TV for some big screen fun. 
We tried it on an old CRT as well as on a modern flat screen TV. The big screen play is just what you'd expect from the console version, but with the convenience of being able to unplug and take it with you. That also makes it something that mom can carry in her purse to keep the kids occupied during long waits, which saves everyone's stress and makes the world a happy place. No longer do you have to drain your phone battery to keep yourself or the kids entertained. It's like having all the fun of phone games without having to download phone games, which is perfect. You just can't beat the tactile controller feel. Accelerometers and multi-touch displays do have their place, but if a D-pad and actual buttons is what you want, the Ultimate Portable has that retro controller feel, but unlike some of the portable game devices that have been released in the past, it really does look and feel like Ad Games thought through the design very well, and even learned from others' mistakes. Let's get to the games. The Ultimate Portable from At Games boasts that it has 80 games built in with popular Sega Genesis games featuring Virtua Fighter 2, Streets of Rage 1 through 3, as well as the classic Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2 games. But as it turns out, only 40 of the included titles are the classic Sega Genesis games you remember. Eh, only 40. That's still a lot of games. But the other 40 games are homebrew, no-name games that nobody's ever heard of most of which are so basic they aren't even really worth mentioning. The simplicity of the 40 no-name games is pretty bad in some cases. That said, in amongst the 40 filler games, we do indeed find a few gems, which still gives you quite a few playable games that would be fine for younger players who may not want a complex level-based game. Sparkling Truffle, for example, places four colored mushrooms on a screen, and you use the D-pad to repeat the pattern played by the game pretty much a Simon clone, and while it's been done before, it does add a basic but playable title to the included games list. There's Sudoku and a handful of puzzle games, and another homebrew game called Panic Lift, which I actually really enjoyed despite its simplicity. It's a memory type game where you stand in an elevator and people start joining you. As the elevator rises, you have to let them off at the floor they've requested. It's easy at first, but eventually you're dealing with more and more people and the challenge increases. Navigation through the games list is a breeze, with left and right moving you through the games list page by page, up and down allowing you to select a game from the current page. Now, back to the real reason we wanted the Ultimate Portable, genuine Sega Genesis games. As you can see from the list of games on the screen, there are a fair number of great games we recognize from the late 80s and early 90s. Virtua Fighter 2 is a classic Mortal Kombat-style fighting simulation. The graphics are what you'd expect from a 1995 release date, but it's better than the Double Dragon handheld, which we still really enjoy. Everyone knows Sonic the Hedgehog, and all the greats are included in the Ultimate Portable. Sonic 1 and 2, Sonic 3D Blast, Sonic Spinball, and even Sonic and Knuckles. No downloads needed, no having to swap cartridges, they're all built in. You'll also find great games like Echo 1, 2, and Junior come as part of the Ultimate Portable. The Golden Axe and Streets of Rage series are there, as well as Vectorman 1 and 2, and several more classics. If you're up for a game of chess, that's in there too. It's actually not half bad. The AI is fast and reasonably intelligent. However, there's no option to decrease or increase the difficulty. If you're a chess master, you'll find it lacking. Then again, if you're a chess master, you're not likely playing chess on a 3-inch screen, so it levels out. For the casual player, it's fun and easy to use and plays really well. To see how children would respond to the retro gameplay and graphics, we have had some kids give it a go. 
We found that the youngest, Liam, who's four, enjoyed it but found the games challenging. This made it hard for him to stay focused on any one game for any length of time, but he still enjoyed flipping through the many available game titles. His seven-year-old brother, Zach, and nine-year-old sister, Tally, absolutely loved it. Both went on the big screen and in the handheld mode. These children are experienced with Wii remotes and computer play. Having used computer keyboards for gameplay, the D-pad and buttons were easy to understand for them, and it was a quick adjustment to start enjoying the Ultimate Portable. However, passing the device on to two other children who were only experienced using a smartphone for gameplay, they had trouble grasping the fact that turning the game controller does not control the character on the screen. Those kids are more apt to get frustrated and may require a, a little more time and assistance to figure out gameplay at first. All in all, based on our limited tests, we'd say the Ultimate Portable is perfect for kids aged anywhere from 6 to 105 years old. The build quality is good, but it's plastic. I wouldn't recommend throwing it or being overly rough with it, and I wouldn't use it in the bath. And yes, I believe it will blend. That said, with normal use, you shouldn't have any trouble with the hardware. It feels good and solid, but it won't stand up to a hard drop. The Ultimate Portable has a built-in SD card slot, and there's a section in the instructions that instruct users to visit a special website to download yet more games to add to the unit. So let's take a look at that. What's this? There are only a few games available for download, and if I'm not mistaken, these are already on the device. Oh, but it says, more titles coming soon. How likely is that to happen? Plus, these are all games from the no-name games list. Truthfully, I want Sega Genesis games. So, if these games already exist on the system, why oh why are they promoting the fact that you can download more games and put them on an SD card to play? Seems a little misleading. Or is it? Now, let's get a bit geeky for a moment. The manufacturer shows us by providing these downloads that we can download some of their homebrew games and run them. The games are distributed in .bin format, and the instructions are provided on how to import those .bin ROMs. Therefore, we can make the deduction that even though they're being purposefully vague, that you, if you happen to have a backup of games that you've legitimately purchased stored as .bin ROMs, the Ultimate Portable will play them. You could download and play illegal copies of your favorite Sega Genesis games, but I wouldn't recommend it. Here's another great thing about the Ultimate Portable. You don't need to buy batteries for it. Even though the price is reasonable, a rechargeable battery is included, and it even comes partially charged for immediate out-of-the-box play. You can have hours of fun without having to buy expensive batteries. A USB cable is provided which allows you to charge the device by plugging it into a computer or USB charger. You can easily pick up a USB charger for a couple of bucks that'll plug into a normal power outlet for easier charging without needing a computer. If the battery should ever lose its ability to charge, a single screw opens up the compartment allowing you to easily replace the battery. At low volume, the sound is acceptable. But if you crank the music up to 11, you'll definitely notice the sound becoming distorted. And unlike in Spinal Tap, the distortion is not wanted. To fix that, there's a headphone jack which offers perfect sound at ear-bleeding volumes without bothering your friends. If you're into big sound, you'll also be interested in big picture. Now, don't get me wrong. The built-in screen is excellent. It's fast. There's no ghosting even when Sonic the Hedgehog is running at top speed. But sometimes we want to plop down on the couch and make our games larger than life. The Ultimate Portable lets us do this by providing an AV output jack. 
Now, the cable isn't included, but we sell it in our store for a few bucks. No big deal and certainly worth getting. While connected to a TV, the volume knob on the Ultimate Portable still controls the volume, but the sound comes out of the TV. So if you have it too loud on your handheld, you will encounter some distortion. You can turn it down a bit on the handheld and use your TV volume to adjust it from there. The picture and sound quality when connected to the TV is about what you would expect from a retro game system. It's just like you remember it. It looks and plays great. Seeing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on a 52-inch screen brings tears to my eyes. It's fast, responsive, and surprisingly, the picture looks pretty decent. The ultimate portable game player is a great gift for the retro game fan, but also works very well for younger children who would appreciate the portability and number of games while not being too caught up on the retro 16-bit graphics. The Ultimate Portable includes 40 Sega Genesis games and 40 bonus games and costs well under $100. It allows you to load an SD card with ROMs and play them on the device. It lets you play as a portable, free of wires, or connect to a big screen. It's playable right out of the box and you get everything you need except an SD card if you want to load ROMs and an AV cable to connect to a TV. Get the Ultimate Portable as well as optional accessories from our online shop. Jump right to this product at cat5.tv slash Sega. Want more of my reviews? Check out Try It, Buy It at category5.tv. I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks for watching. Sasha, well done. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to many more episodes. So, thanks for watching. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and we have got just a couple of minutes before our amazing Google, uh, Hangout. Google Hangout that we're going to be doing in just a couple of minutes' time. But first, so. <gasps> stickers! Way to go! These aren't just any ordinary stickers, are they, Kelsey? No. They are Category5.tv stickers that you can stick anywhere, even your laptop. That's <laughs> exactly what I did. I think Sasha did a better job of selling stuff. <laughs> but they are really good stickers. Yeah. Premium vinyl stickers from our shop, shop.category5.tv. Let's jump on over to Drawbot. Here we go. This is our chat room. <laughs> Get the music playing. Nice to see so many familiar and new faces joining us tonight. We better start reading them before it gets too fast. Dreamweaver, Artie Blair, Smokey Joe, Cool Dude, TikTok, GWG, Little Me, Ran, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, hey, Joe. Hey, what's up? Hey, Albuquerque Turkey. Carrie Webb, it'd be yeah. funny if you want a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> just here you go. I'm yeah, sure. which is special delivery. <laughs> Same day delivery, folks. <laughs> this is for a Category 5 Premium 2-Up sticker. 
One for light background, one for dark. Oh, going faster. faster. Come on, good luck, everybody. Woo. Must be a few people in the chat room. Yeah. There's 43 in the room. So, yeah, there's quite a few. Your chances are one in 43. Winner drop on. Drop on. Come on. Come on, buddy. Dra- dra- less than a minute, drop on. I'm hovering over the music. I mean, I'm seriously hovering here. Just wait for and it. Wait for it. There it is. I pushed the button. Out there. Way to go. Congratulations. You've won yourself an amazing two up vinyl sticker with the Category 5 Technology TV logo. So make sure you stick around. I'm going to actually send you a private message in our chat room, which has a coupon code. That's how we're doing it now, because it makes things a lot simpler. I'm going to give you a coupon code for shop.category5.tv. And for those of you who would like to pick up some of our merch, you can go to that website, shop.category5.tv. But that, for tonight, is all the time that we have. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, we are about to step into a Google Plus Hangout. It starts in 15 minutes' time if you're watching live. So get on over to our Google Plus page and uh, and join in the fun. So, uh, I saw Hillary Rumble uh, joined us as well. She came in partway through the show. So uh, she'll be here if you have any questions for her. And a couple of uh, other familiar faces are going to be here as well. And us. And of us. course, why not? And, and Sasha. Sasha and Adam will be there too. Adam but... will be here too. So he's going to show you the the new camera rig. Uh, it's really exciting. So we're going to check out all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. all right, folks, take care and uh, thanks for being here. See you here. in fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category Five TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at seven PM Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.